episode of the Classic Pickup Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whips, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This podcast is sponsored by Classic Pickup Supplies, your number one Ford and Chev pickup parts supplier. Mention Classic Truck for a 10% discount off your first order. Classic Pickup Supplies, located in Coolum Beach, Queensland. Call 07 5446 2667. Or visit their website, www.classicpickupsupplies.com.au. Classic Pickup Supplies, dedicated to the restoration and preservation of the pickup. Episode 36. This week I was fortunate enough to catch up with Rachel Durbage. Rachel's a professional spray painter. She's been in the industry for 17 years. So it was really good to to break a few boundaries in this episode. First time we've had a chat to... uh, member of the fairer sect so that was nice to have a chat to her also uh first time we've spoken to a spray painter so it's good to get a bit of insight into that side of things and also it's the first time we've had a, a panel truck a really cool episode I, I really enjoyed this conversation uh you can just hear the passion that rachel has for uh for her craft and you know automotive in general and i think you'll uh, agree once you've listened to it that uh she got a bright future ahead of her so enjoy this episode uh it was really good to talk to her I also just wanted to thank everyone for listening. I mean, you know, I started the podcast uh, maybe about eight months ago, I think, we started recording, and I've been, uh, I promised to put one out once a week, and so far I've managed to do that. Some weeks it's a bit of a struggle. There's a lot of hours involved in editing, but I, I do appreciate everyone listening. We're averaging about 400 downloads per episode at the moment, which I'm pretty happy with. Uh, it's obviously a bit of a, a niche podcast. You know, not everyone wants to talk about old trucks or listen to us talk about old trucks, which I'm sure we've all noticed when we're out at a public gathering and you know you just want to talk trucks and everyone else doesn't but uh so yeah thanks for listening um i I definitely appreciate it but i i would love you to still if you haven't taken a chance just take a minute and uh and just rate and review the podcast on the apple itunes app if you are listening via that uh or if you're on spotify or, or any other thing you can give us a rating and also you know even if you see a facebook or instagram post about the podcast and you've got a lot of friends you think would enjoy it if you could just give it a share and, and just help boost it out uh you know we've got classic pickup supplies as a sponsor of the podcast but i think that's just a, a nice way of me saying they do good stuff I, we're not i'm not sitting here making money out of anything and and it does cost me every month to produce the podcast and to host it and that sort of stuff so yeah if you could help share it we get more people eventually if we get big enough i might be able to get a bit of paid advertising in and and sort of make up for you know the four or five hours i spend each week putting this together but it's a passion it's not i'm not here for the money but uh it does make it a bit easier if i'm not shelling out every week so thanks for listening thanks for listening to me burble on um really enjoyed this podcast and look forward to speaking to more ladies in the future so if you if you know someone who's built a truck or you know has something cool you think uh we could hear about let me know um also the blokes as well it doesn't really matter thanks guys enjoy this episode Rachel, thanks a lot for joining us on the podcast. Great to have the first lady out of, uh, took us 36 episodes, but we finally got the uh, the fairer sex on board. How are you today? I'm going really good. Thanks for having me on board. Super keen. Yeah, no, it's great. I, um, yeah, I've been watching watching your build and super jealous. I, 
I love a good panel truck and got a bit of a a bit of a love love affair with suburbans and you know I just keep looking at them all in the states and it's it's a lot of effort and time to get them over here and and then it's really hard to find parts so yeah look forward to hearing a bit about about your uh truck but let's let's wind back the clock i mean you know you're a you're a lady in a fairly male dominated world tell us a bit about you know your first automotive experiences what what sort of got you interested in cars when you were young was it a family thing or, or how did that all happen for you well pretty much when i got mainly interested in cars was just hanging out with my middle brother chris and we used to just muck around with cars all the mates and that was like the fun times for the weekend just hanging out in sheds doing stereos like cutting laps with all the boys like so i was like yep that's definitely fun and uh you know when you look at it when you look at your future and you go what would be the best job to have and i i do a lot of drawing and art and all that kind of stuff and i was like oh well, i could just paint and then with cars even then i could paint cars that would be the best job ever so i went and done uh, some work experience during my holidays because i didn't want all the the girls at school to think i was weird so i didn't i did hairdressing for my work experience so that was on my books down there and then on my public on my holidays i went and did a work experience at Gold body works and um, a panel shop just around the corner from me, just walked there every day and um, went there for about a week. And from there, the boys were like, all right, well, you're part of the furniture, so just make sure you ask for a job at the end of this. And you know, I stayed there for another nine years after that. That's cool. So so there was a, a little bit of, I suppose, peer pressure at school. You didn't want to be seen as doing some um, tomboy kind of thing. So you sort of did your hairdressing and then snuck off and did the stuff you wanted to do. Yeah, growing up from school, like I was always a tomboy at school and everybody knew that. Uh, and when it came down to wanting to do the MTA course, that's they had a, they come out to school and had a bit of a chat with it and I just went to one of it pretty much just to get out of a lesson at school, really. Um, and then I was like, oh, wow, vehicle painting, that's pretty cool. Uh, and then one of the teachers is like, uh, one of the female teachers was actually like, oh, you know, don't do not do that. You know, um, let's leave that more to the boys. And, you know, there's a hairdressing one here. And I was like, okay and then i was like yep all right i'll try that and then i did the hairdressing thing and i was like bored within five minutes it's just not my thing so i did that for the whole week really didn't like it so then i snuck off and did the other one and yeah and till this day like i still see that teacher around she's like yeah, i'm glad you didn't listen to me <laughs> yeah yeah they're advisors you don't have to do what they say do you no not really like she was probably looking out for my best interest she thought i'd probably get picked on back then i was like uh, 15 whatnot 15 yeah 15 going into that so she's probably just more worried it wasn't really a thing back then for females to start jumping into the male dominated things but i didn't really care i was one of the lads anyway so it didn't bother me oh cool and, and so what sort of cars was you was your brother mucking around in at that stage oh god it went from everything so his favorite was his scorpion so back in the day a scorpion then it was like sigma like sigmas and then uh went to the escort so then I, my first car was a mark II escort two-door and he had one as well so we'd go out just drag racing together and just being idiots like safely on the street but like yeah as we usually do um and then like yeah from vls to vms and vqs so vls yeah everything yeah pretty pretty normal uh cars for teenagers at the time yeah, the normal adolescent cars that we had back in the day. Yeah, my uh, my best mate at school, he had an RS two thousand Escort, and uh, I had a big big V eight Ford Fairlane, and we used to just race each other around everywhere. It's great fun. No, oh, that'd have been so much fun. I love that stuff. 
and just like all the different cars that older guys had growing up there was such a variety of different ones we had like the rices the v8s and like everyone just got along there was nothing nothing weird everyone just went to the same car parks and just hung out in the same spots yeah that's cool and so we were, was your dad a sort of automotive guy did he have hot rods and things uh no my dad was actually not really well as far as i wasn't aware he wasn't into cars we never really talked about it growing up or anything like that he reckons he had a few growing up himself now that we sit down and chat about it but no he was never really into cars or anything like that we just it was mainly me and my brother yeah that's cool. so it's kind of weird that it was such a influence and such a big part of my life now i don't know what i'd do without cars to be honest yeah i hear that so so what age so did you do an actual painting apprenticeship or, or how did that sort of start for you yeah so i did the work experience for that week and then i asked for a job got it instantly they're like yep you can do whatever and i was so keen to work so every day after work i'd go in there and then i started i'd quit netball because i was playing netball quit netball to go in there on saturdays and work on saturdays do prime up sweet floors just anything i could do i was like super keen to even wash cars which now i just yeah you don't really want to but um yeah, so I did a apprenticeship about a year after being there and I did it the whole way through and yeah, it was actually really fun. Like going to trade school was really good. We had lots of different teachers that taught us different things. So different ways of it, which was weird to think that different teachers would teach you different ways of them, but it was actually worked in your favour because you learnt more and different ways to harness your own skills really. Yeah, then you work out which way you think works best for you really, don't you? Yeah, because in the long run you all get to the you get to the same outcome in the end but it's whether you get there quicker or finesse it a bit more it's tricks of the trade is like you never stop learning so that's the best part yeah no i had a similar thing uh i was actually a chippy so i did trade school for carpentry and and you'd have i'd go to tafe and get taught one way and then i'd come back to the building site and they would be like that's not the way we do it we do it this way and and like you say the, the end result was the same so you're like all right whatever but then once once i went out and did stuff on my own it was like all right I think the best way is this way, just from my experience of seeing both of those styles, you know? Yeah. Just kind of mold it together and make it your own. Yeah. And so did you did you do like body work? Were you block sanding and doing all that sort of stuff or were you just purely masking and painting? No, at trade school they kind of taught you a bit of both. So they don't tell they don't teach you in that course, they didn't teach you putting stuff on a rack and pulling like big damaged cars. But spot repairs as in like poly dents and all that kind of stuff um like light filler work and how to finesse it do all metal work with that kind of stuff so and they taught you even like when it comes to painting they used like old school methods still when i was going so that was when i was 15 16 then and they taught you the old school acrylic ways we did, did a respray and acrylic which we're not gonna like I, I haven't done one since then but they kind of they touch all bases really yeah that's cool did you deal with any leading no, well, not at trade school I didn't, but when I did uh, my first restoration job I had was working with Frank D'Angelo, uh, awesome guy, really the master at his trade is so good with body work. Um, and I, he did a bit of lead, lead filling, wiping and all that. And then like just watching him work with it is just amazing. Obviously it's not the done thing these days, it's not the safest thing to work with, but um, there are still guys out there doing it and safely. And God, it's just such a an art to watch yeah my my chef truck uh i've got a bit of letting to clean up and it, i'm sort of wondering whether i do that or whether i try and do it differently I'd, I'd like to keep it with the lead i think it's kind of a cool funky era specific thing 
Yeah, it's definitely cool. And there's still some blokes out there doing the lead work and it's cool to do, um, but trying to do it yourself, obviously, if you're not got the right tooling for it, oh, get pretty messy. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. So so you had a little escort for your first car, then, then what other cars have you sort of made your way through? Oh God, I went weird. So I had the escort um, and I love that. I had probably about four or five of those and I just rallied them all and put them into the ground. So I'm devastated about that now because they're actually hard to get because <laughs> uh, I had all two doors, which I'm spewing about. Um, and then I went from that, I went to randomly a Honda CRX, like the Jap spec one with the glass roof. And then from there, I went for pretty sure after that, oh, I went for the Audi Audi A4 Turbo Quattro, that was really fun, just slammed that, big wheels, went through that phase. And then as soon as I went through that phase, I went and got a, I was obsessed with my old boss's um, 2005 um, Rodeo then, it was just lowered, big wheels, just a tough looking mini truck. So I went and I got that, and then someone sneezed and wrote that off apparently. Um, so then I went and bought another truck, and I've still got that now, that's a Colorado, that's my daily. And that's just like a mini truck style as a daily for motorbikes, go-karts and all the fun toys so I can just cart them around. Yeah, cool. And that's, is that fully bagged and properly the whole works? No, not fully bagged with that one. I've just done the usual, just gone as low as I possibly can. The wheels are a bit of an issue. Uh, over here in Perth where I'm living, it's uh, the police don't really like the wheels sitting too far out the mud guards, which I'm trying to get through at the moment so um but yeah that's why that's just the daily and then i've got the hq as my side daily and then obviously the i've got an xp over in adelaide that's still getting the body work done on it now and then from there obviously the c10's very close to being completed that's probably about another week away with buffing yeah sounds like you're uh you definitely got a garage full yeah it's, it's not nice paying all the regos but it's a uh, it's definitely nice having just just a car to to pick and then just go out cruising and depends on what what kind of day it is and what you want to do and where you want to cruise to just pick a car to take definitely expensive hobby though <laughs> well it's just it's a lifestyle really isn't it it's not really a hobby well yeah like i said before if you if you took cars out of my life i have no clue what i would even be doing because i love cars that much that it's just molded who i am and what's what's the uh, like the historical the club rego scene in WA like? You know, is that something that's that you do, or or how does that work? Yeah, so over here I've got the C10 under club rego at the moment. We put that as soon as I got that over here, licensed it straight into that. It's pretty big over here with the club rego. They're trying to change the rules at the moment because everywhere else, other states, they have their 90 for 90s and all of their pretty much really good rulings. But over here, we're trying to push for the 90 for 90 now because uh, we don't have it. It's literally just if you're part of a club, you do your cruising and you can go 30Ks and it's all different. But they're doing all the logbook stuff now. We're trying to get that through. So all the right as we speak, they're changing all the laws over here. But the hot rod stuff over here is pretty major. They're, they're good. They've got the best rules over here at the moment. So I think we're trying to sneak into their categories over here. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I was I was chatting to a guy in Queensland as well the other day, and and they sound like they're similar to you. They can only go on club runs and that sort of thing. And yeah, I think you know the the system that we've got here in Victoria, where you you can have your forty five or your ninety day rego, it's a it's a pretty good deal. Yeah, it's absolutely awesome. Everyone is so jealous of that. I think Adelaide's got the same where I'm from, and then 
Yeah, so if we can try and get that, that's what I think. Yeah, just cruising around would be the best. So once you finished your apprenticeship, you stayed on and worked at the same place for a while by the sound of it? Yeah, so Gawler Body Works, they're, they're the ones that gave me my first shot at even being a painter. So loved love those guys, awesome guys, um, Greg Burney, um, pretty much. I wouldn't be here without them. So, and then I was there for about eight, eight nine years. And then from there, um, just went and did a couple of contracting jobs, still painting. And then from there, I thought, oh, look, do I... Do I really love paint this much? And I was thought, oh, I'll try something different. So I went and worked at BMW for a year doing spare parts in Adelaide. Uh, and that was awesome because, once again, I just wanted to stay within automotive trade but do try something different. I uh, did that for a year and I just missed paint way too much. Like even looking at the touch-up bottles in the in the spare parts area, I was like, all I want to do is go paint again. So like ended up saying goodbye to everyone there and then went to restoration after that. And I, I did that for two years in Gawler in South Australia and then from there uh, he wanted to move over to Wallaroo which is a, a two-hour drive pretty much and that's where he wanted to set up the new workshop and retire he wanted me to go with him but it's a bit far to drive so went back to contracting for another year uh, and then from there uh, I just missed doing the restoration stuff because that was more uh, smash repairs so I went back so I said, talk to Frankie again. He's like, yep, cool, come back four days a week. So I just drove back and forth every single day uh, to Wallaroo. So it's an hour and three quarters drive up there, an hour and three quarters home after like blocking down cars and painting them all day. Jeez, that's passion. Yeah, it was like country driving. So you, it's a nice country cruise up there in the morning. By the time you get up there you, and you, you're playing with nice cars. So it's not like a, it's not a bad job. It's just a, it's a very physical job, but it's very rewarding. So. And when you're working with good people, it makes it even better. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk. Let's talk about your Chev. You know, is that is that something that's been on your radar for a long time? You said you've had mini trucks, and you know, like I, I hope I don't offend anyone when I say this, but you know, I used to look at mini trucks and dream about having a full size truck. And was that sort of something that that was happening for you, or was it just a case of you just decided that you loved the panel truck? No, I'm going from mini trucks, as in full drive looking and then bad cars, just normal road style. Uh, I've always loved old school American pickups just, and but like when you look at the panel van, it's just the dream car for me, just as in they're so different, they're so weird, just beautiful looking cars. So I was like, I'll never be able to get one, whatnot. And I was always looking at getting a, um, a well body ute version of the 63 i love the 63 for the wraparound window that they've got uh, i'll pretty much give me any chev i'd have it i love them so much but uh when it came down to my 63 getting that panel truck uh i was just stalking like absolutely stalking facebook and gumtree and everywhere on online sales just to try and find uh, a panel truck because i was like yep cool i'm in this i'm in the zone where i can actually afford to buy one now and i was like my next thing I want is definitely that. And yeah, and I was contacting most people about certain ones and then, yeah, no one was getting back to me. And then all of a sudden I was at work one day and I just get this weird message on inbox on messenger. And he just turned around and said, Oh yeah, that, that car's still for sale if you're after it. And I couldn't jump on my phone fast enough to ring him. I said, Oh my God, I thought the ad wasn't even up anymore because it was like a slight picture. It was like a default kind of picture that it was even up. And he was like, oh, he's like, no, I don't really know how to use Facebook that well. So it's just the post is there and it's still for sale. Just 
probably doesn't look like it. I was like, oh my God. I was like, yes, yeah, send me videos. And because of the whole, you can't fly into state. And I was just about to fly out to SEMA um, at that time. So it just wouldn't have worked because he'd done FIFO. So I was like, all right, send me videos. And if it's as good as it looks in the photos, just a really nice, good video with it running. I was like, if it's that good, I'll buy it there and then. I was like, I can't, I don't have the time to fly over and look at it, but I'm dying for it. And I, I missed out on one probably about a year before that. And I was gutted. I missed out just because I thought about it for too long. And that's nothing worse than when you go, yep, cool, I'll buy a car. And then it's already sold and it's your like dream car. So this time I was like, I don't care. I, I hope it doesn't mm. bite me ass, but I was like, <clears> I'll, I'll, I'll take it. And as soon as, as soon as I bought it, I was like, yep, cool, it's done. And I was just, and then the day it arrived here in Perth, because it took so long, the day I, it, it actually got here and I could pick it up, I was on the plane to SEMA flying over. So I was flying away from it as it just got here and I was devastated. I had to wait another month before I could even see it. <laughs> well, that's a catch 22, isn't it? Because you go to SEMA, which is awesome. But uh, yes. yeah, when you've waited that long to, to see something that's so important. So SEMA, you, you were going over there you invited as sort of a work thing or was that just uh you just kind of got yourself a ticket and went to have a bit of a look well when i started over here in perth i started with park automotive uh with jeff ashdown awesome awesome boss and doing house of color technical and sales for him and sema has been my lifelong goal like you pretty much put sema and then straight after that is a c10 so I was like, cool. And he said he was going to be going because he's been before. And I, he knew how much of a dream it was of mine. So he took me over there through work, which was awesome. It was the best. So, and I've missed out on going to see her a few times because of other jobs I've been in and it's just not been the right time to go. So especially now, I'm really glad I went last year because who knows when I'm going to be able to go to see her again in the next years to come. No, absolutely. And did, did you go to Dino's? Because that was, that was just the week after. Yeah, that's the devastating thing. I didn't get to go to that because we went down to San Diego. Went to San Diego and did the Coast Cruise. We were going to go to uh, San Francisco. So we did the whole Coast Cruise. Um, we went down to San Diego and then did the whole coast. And we just missed out by an afternoon <laughs> of getting there. Well, it was good. I can tell you that. Yeah, you were there last year? Yeah, yeah, I was. And yeah, same sort of thing. And just so happy I made the effort to do that because obviously we can't go this year, and um, which would have been really cool because it's the 10th year. But uh, sounds like it's definitely going to go ahead. Um, but yeah, just an amazing, you know, just 1,600 Chevy trucks in one place. It's just phenomenal. That would have been like my dream come true. <laughs> So you have your trip to the States, you, you fly back to Australia and uh, you can't wait to get off the plane. So w was it all you hoped for? Um, getting off that plane, well, actually, because our baggage got delayed the day we come back from San Francisco, um, so we missed the plane and I was devastated because I was, I was so looking forward. After a month of not seeing the C-10, I was just dying to get home to it. And then they're like, no, nah, you've missed the flight because your bags aren't here. And I was like, oh, I was devastated. Like you couldn't have a more gutted girl in the world than me going, them telling me I can't get to my C10. I was like, I am so gutted. And it was on a Thursday and they said we might not be able to get there till possibly late Friday afternoon, which means I'd have to wait till Monday to see my truck. <laughs> 
So I was so petrified that we jumped on a flight, the quickest flight we could get, because that's all that I could care about is getting back to see the C10. Uh, we got the quickest flight we could, and we just got to the see the car yard, the depot, like half an hour before they closed on the Friday. So, and the truck, when they pulled around, I was like the biggest butterflies in the world. And as the guy drove it around, this it's just rickety. It was like the Titanic because the thing is so huge and it was so jacked up, but it's like just came cruising around the corner, but like instantly in love with it. It was the coolest thing I have ever seen. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So, I mean, that, that truck has been in Australia for quite a while, hasn't it? It's, it's not a recent import. No, not at all. So the guy I bought it off of, he bought it off of a guy that imported it before him. So it's been in... It's been over here for quite a while over in Queensland. I brought it from the owner in Noosa and he he's he's cruised it around and he used it as his uh surfy truck. So he had the uh long boards in there and he's got all the, the points for all the tie down points for his boards and that and it was just like all even when the video he sent me when I bought it, um he goes, Oh, I don't mind this, it's just the sand, my beach sand because it just cruises, it goes down the beach and it I like, that's the coolest. <laughs> it suits that to a T. So what was it running? So it, it had a paint job on it and it was, was it running a V8 or was it just the six? No, it was just the six in it. Um, the paint job that was on it, it was restored to a degree uh, before the other guy brought it that I just brought it off of. Um, they had it sprayed in like a primer gray, like a grayish blue color, um, just a solid color, which just looks like primer. So as a painter, um, I just couldn't deal with the fact that it was primer <laughs> color. So and I like when I bought it, it was just the straight six in it, it's the 230 CI, um, not the V8, and all the matching numbers for everything. So all the running gear, all the engine gearbox, everything was all matching numbers, which I love because it makes it more rare and I love that. And everyone's telling me to, you know, oh, we can put a big block in everything. Like I'd love to, but at the, at the same time, it's a, it's an amazing cruiser at the moment, and it's, I love the fact that it is matching numbers. It's still left-hand drive, uh, three-speed on the tree. Um, it's uh, it's a bit difficult to drive, <laughs> getting used to the three-speed manual on the tree whilst trying to position the car with a panel truck because you can't really see what's next to you, and you can't, yeah, trying to line it up to actually turn corners and stuff. You really need to think ahead with that big beast. Yeah, you're going to need some big mirrors on it. Yeah, I upgraded the mirrors like straight away. It had like really nice round ones, those little ones that you get. But um, yeah, I was like, oh, well, the car's a block anyway. I might as well put uh, the bigger rectangle mirrors on there, which they work pretty well. But I think I'm still going to have to um, get some reverse cameras put in there under the dash or something like that, I think, just for just for seeing what's next year because it is kind of sketchy. Over here in Perth, there's a lot of roads that go from like, two lanes to one lane like constantly so it makes it very difficult people like sneak it up next year and and they probably don't know that i can't see them yeah so so it's it's left-hand drive obviously so yeah that does make that a little bit trickier so i mean those those two those 230 those straight sixes they they were they were a pretty good motor for hot rodding like a lot of guys used to put you know like a triple carbon kit on them and you know they got a bit of power out of those things yeah they're actually for a 230ci they're actually it does go well and it is a big car. So, uh, and I have had a lot of guys talking to me about doing slight upgrades and that way, you know, keep the stock engine, but then do upgrades. So I'm still, still torn to whether I just take that motor out at one point and 
chuck something else different in there so that I can leave the original motor untouched and if I need to ever, which I don't think I'll ever sell. It's my dream car, so I'd, and the amount of work I put into it, I think I'll just keep this one pretty much forever. Yeah. And so what have you done suspension-wise? Have you tightened that up a bit? Like you said, it came around a corner looking like a, a bit of a raised-up boat. Is it had a bit of a, a tidy up now? Yeah, so from the day that I got it, and it was literally like Titanic, it creaked more than like a house with 10 bazillion bad floorboards in it. So straight away I, I thought, and the brakes were terrible, really bad brakes. So first thing I was definitely going to be doing was the brake upgrade. So um, I went, got to the guys over at um, WA Suspension over here, Stewie, um, awesome guy, and he got me onto the boys over at CPP. And they did a full brake upgrade. So it's got the uh, 13 mil, uh, 13 rotors, cross-drilled, uh, slotted, just full upgrade. And then lowered it as far as I could uh, without having to chop anything because I don't want to chop the floor. Not yet anyway. So uh, I went uh, three at the front lowered inch and five at the rear with two and, two and a half drop spindles and just the full booster system as well. Um, with that one but yeah it sits quite low so it dropped it did drop at five five inches and it sits nice and it's still still settling because I haven't really been driving because I've been doing all the body work and panel work on it haven't really been driving it around too much so I think it's settled enough but once I start driving it it'll settle a little bit more yeah that's really cool looking at a picture of a rendering that you've got here and you know that's obviously that's your your final goal has it got those wheels on it now yeah, the the wheels that I tried to get for it just because of COVID, um, <laughs> those wheels I'm still trying to get because at the moment I've only got 18s on it. So uh, I was in touch with the guys from BCI Wheels, um, Dan. He was getting me some 20s, some 20s in of those, like the ones that are reversed, so it's got the bigger dish on them. And so with COVID, I can't actually get, well, I couldn't get those wheels just yet. And to because I did the brake upgrade and I didn't change it, from six lug to five lug, I kept the six lug. Me trying to get wheels was really hard. So I didn't have much options in the way of what was in the country for moving the car around, even to get uh, the boys at WA Suspension to move it once we've done the work. So it was stuck up on the hoist. But Dan said, oh, look, I've got some prototype 18, 18s here of the old Chev pattern wheels that have been spaced out and got a bigger dish on them. So the ones on my car at the moment are the prototype Chev wheels, but I will be going to uh, the full face, and that will be the final result. I really do love the just the big full face wheels. Well, let's talk about the big, the big thing for you, really, I suppose, which is paint. You know, you you decided to pick a vehicle with very long flat panels up the side and uh, really make a challenge for yourself. How how hard have you been on yourself with all your prep? Uh, prepping that beast has been probably one of the hardest because I have been doing my own side work and getting resprays out still and still working. So I work four days a week with parks and then every other day just do my own thing. Um, trying to squeeze my panel truck in between everything. Uh, it's mainly just goes from Friday to Friday to Sunday night of me trying to get anything done. So over the Christmas holidays is when I did my first big attack of it and it started with like a dent that was in the rear quarter which is what started the whole thing and wanting to spray my car there's one like there's a dent in the quarter and a dent in both sides of the doors where the old owner that had it before uh, must have been he said it was a windy day and both doors at the same time he, they were both a little bit open the wind caught it 
and just broke both of the straps or the rubber straps that they hold them in and just bent the doors back and just smashed into the guards. Uh, so I put big dents in the two of those and there was just a pin dent in the quarter on that style one and that did my life in. So I was like, oh, I'll just attack that little bit and I'll blow it in. So I did that, made some colour at work and whatnot and blew that in, blew the doors in. But then as soon as I touched it, I was like, now I'm just going to have to do it. So like, I'll attack it and not go crazy over Christmas. And then, yeah, and then it started over Christmas. I just blocked, heavily blocked the whole car back. And that was before, because I couldn't go home for Christmas uh, that time. So I just thought I'd work on the panel truck and then got it primed, let it sat inside the workshop, outside the workshop in that heat over here. It's pretty good. The UV is pretty crazy. So it bakes it really nice and hard. And I thought, okay, well, I did that quick over Christmas. So then it kind of did my life in that I didn't do it perfectly and I didn't use high, high build product. I just used um, House of Colour uh, primer, but I didn't put, I only put three coats on. So I'd like, I'll, I'll go over it again, I'll block it again, and then I won't do any repairs unless needed to be, and then I'll reprime it again. So gave it two primes. So, and then from there, uh, had a few more resprays on as well. So I don't know. I've uh, I've tried not to go too crazy because it is just a street cruiser. It's not it's not a show car. It was never made for a show car. It's just the fact that it was primer grey that I had to change the colour. So that's where I designed um, Dirty Martini, which is a house of colour base coat. And I just wanted something that was gold but green. I love that olivey style colour, but it actually, in different lights, it goes brown, gold, green. And that's probably what I like. Kind of like I've got like three different cars all in the one. Yeah, it's cool. We were we just interviewed um, uh, Rob Veach with his 59 Apache, and you know he's got the he's got a BMW uh, color. I'll get it wrong if I try and remember it right now, but it's a beautiful <laughs> blue color, and and it does the exact same thing. You know, you you look at it one time and it looks blue, and you look at it from another angle, it looks green, and yeah, it's just it's really amazing what's what the paint is doing these days. Yeah, it's really good. Like that is the fun part of I guess being a painter, like the fact that you just go cool, I just want to create a colour and you can just kind of pick something from that and add a little bit here and you can really just make a signature colour of your own. It's really nice. I do love it. But I am trying very hard not to be picky. Oh, it's pretty hard when it's your game and, and you know that everyone's going to judge you by your own vehicle. Yeah, which is what I'm... <laughs> it's a sucky thing, like, at the same time because of the fact that it is just a cruiser and I at the start I was just like, I just want to get painted a different colour. I don't really care what it looks like. just want it to be a different colour. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you start caring, but you don't want to care too much. So even polishing it now, like I've polished half the car yesterday and just did the first cut and like uh, some of my mates are like, oh, no, you'll uh, you'll start to care. And I was like, no, I won't. I just want to buff it and get it done. But then as soon as you see one little wiggle, you're like, okay, I care. And you cut it back a little bit more, buff it a bit more. So I don't know. I'm uh, It's no show car, but it's... It's definitely, it's looking better than what I wanted it to, which is good. But at the same time, it's no show car, so I don't know. <laughs> it's more of a beach cruiser. Yeah, no, it's that, that's a good thing. I mean, no one's going to drive past that truck and not notice it, though, are they? No, uh, I guess I had to move it the other day uh, just from the workshop to the house and had to get one of my mates to follow me just so that <coughs> no one between the roads that go from two to one uh, just because I'm still getting used to driving it and I'm missing parts off of it, like the shoulder parts in between the bonnet and the doors. They're not on it yet and the cow panel's still not on it, so I was driving it around a little bit dodgy, I guess. But um, still roadworthy, but 
little bit dodgy. And I just got him to follow me and he was just like, man, people just snapping their necks looking at that thing. I was like, I was like, yeah, it's probably because there's parts missing off of it. And he's like, yes, no, nah, it looks pretty cool driving along. I was like, but I haven't seen it driving along because I'm always driving it. So I don't know. I guess one day I'll let someone drive it and I can see what it looks like on the road. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's cool. So what about, you know, interior? Was it, is there just a bench seat in the front or, or what has it got in it? Uh, the interior, when I first got it, was bright red. It's got the two buckets at the front, and it's actually got a bench in the rear as well, and that was um, – reckons that was out of a Valiant, but he's, like, custom-made it to fit in there. Uh, they suit it really well, um, but because I was painting the car, like, martini grey, like, greeny, I didn't want it to have bright red interior, so I went with the nice, distressed look, old-school leather tan, which I love, and um, – so from from there, so I've got the two buckets there already done. Tyson Cummings is the one that's done it um, from Pro Stitch. He's done an awesome job, exactly what I've wanted. He just winged it from the rest of us. I kind of want this distressed look and whatnot, and he just he nailed it. Absolutely, I love my interior so much. Uh, and that's got so the bench is going back in. That's getting upholstered now, but I still haven't even taken the covers off the seats yet because I'm petrified to even sit in them without them because I love them that much. But it um the whole dirty martini and having that old school look with the tan seats i don't know it just really sets it off i love the whole cigar lounge look style that it's got going in the back no no shag pile carpets on the ceiling or anything <laughs> no it's no uh no shag pile hole on the ceiling it's got uh, just black felt um and then it's got the the boards down each side on it uh just already in there um, and actually when i bought it the guy i bought it off of he's like he's like oh do you know you know someone like named that Kerry something is a motorbike rider. I was like, oh, Kerry Hart. And he's like, he's like, oh, maybe. And I was like, I was like, yeah, like if that's who you're talking about. He goes, yeah, well, we're driving around in Queensland over there um, where he had the car. And he goes, oh, some motorbike rider and his missus like pulled him over and said, oh, can we like hire you, hire your van? Your van's sick. And then he's like, oh, you know, it's just, it's my daily, so I don't really hire it out. And he's like, oh. And then so he's like, yeah, but, and he's like, oh, well, can I sign your van? And inside the back, on the back wooden part, it's actually got Kerry Hart, um, Hart and Huntington uh, signature on the back of it, uh, 2009 tour that he, him and Pink were over for. So, um, yeah, it was him and Pink that pulled him over. It was actually pretty crazy. And so, yeah, that's still on the back there on the board. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's especially because, you know, you, you do ride dirt bikes, don't you? Yeah, I've actually got it in the lounge room here. <laughs> got my motorbikes inside. I've got my monkey bike sitting on one side and I've got the dirt bike sitting on the other side. Uh, all the important stuff in the house. That's good to see. What about uh, what what else do you have planned for it? I mean, is it you know, like you say, it's it's just going to be a daily driver, and it sounds like you're probably itching just to get it all put back together and and just go and drive it. Uh, extra work doing on the truck. It's already got like a basic zero, and I'll just leave that for now. I'm more about just wanting to cruise it. Pretty much all that's left to go back on it so I can drive it is the rear windows aren't in. Um, we will put in the front window in. And that went back in. That was really nice because I was petrified because I didn't know where I was ever going to get another 63 front window for it. Um, but the back windows, one of them must have already been replaced before with, like, the wrong type of glass. So we were putting them in. And the guy that was putting them in uh, was putting it in and smashed it and put his hand straight through it. And instead of going into, like, broken little tiny nuggets of glass, it just went to shards of massive triangles and just cut his arm up so i had to get new new glass made up so it was a strengthened glass so that goes in next week after i finish buffing it and then after that just put those side panels in 
between the bonnet and the guards and the doors and then the cow panel and then it's literally everything else is done so it's good to drive it's already registered it's it's actually killing me the fact that it could have been driven for this whole time it's been off the road and it's only the paint that's stopping it and because trying to paint my car and do a job and then do a side job at the same time is just a lot <laughs> especially on a, a truck of that size it's just a lot of man hours rubbing that thing back it's I don't know. I've been asked a few times how many hours I've put into that car and I yeah I'd stopped counting just so that I wouldn't have to be depressed <laughs> <laughs> it's all going to be worth it though isn't it like the first time you know you take that to your local cars and coffee or you go to a show or you just go for a cruise down wherever you know it's it's that feeling of pride especially that you've done it yourself and you know you're showing off a little bit of your handiwork. Yeah, that's going to be probably the main thing. And it is nice to know that probably like 95% of that, of everything that's been done, obviously I didn't do the suspension. The boys at WA Suspension did that. That's I leave the professionals to do what they do well. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just yeah, knowing that I've pretty much done all the paintwork and every other part of that car is just, it is rewarding because it's, it's all my training, everything I've learnt uh along the way so it's nice to know that i guess like a, a little mini trophy even if it's only a it's not an elite trophy it's just still just a nice cruising trophy and something i can be really super proud of like there's nothing i love more like other than my dog buddy <laughs> but i love more than that car like it's that car's like yeah my dream oh, that's awesome and that's what we're all striving to build isn't it yeah and i like there's always going to be something else i'm going to want like i want them the pigeon pair i would love a 63 pickup exactly the same so that i can have my nice my my nice panel truck all painted nicely and then i just want to rat it out pickup truck just so that i can drive it see out of every single aspect of the car and just not care where i park it and just yeah have a just a cruiser that i can just be and just bag it chop it everything that would be awesome if i could do that something i don't care if i like scratch it put another dent in it whatever touch that with a bit of spray can yeah perfect yeah yeah it, it'll be good it'll be good so earlier on you were talking about when you went over to the states and i just remembered i was i was looking at some of your photos on your instagram and you went to the peterson museum and, and did the tour around there what did you think of that i i loved it in there oh god it's like a it's like when you go to a on a field trip when you're at school but like 10 billion times better like every single level of that place has just got the coolest cars and just different stuff as well. Like from genre to genre of whatever car you even like in life, you still appreciate all the other ones that are in there. It's just, it's one of those places where you had to go to. Like if you went to like over there and didn't go to there, insane. And that was really, really cool. There's some really cool things that we did over on our whole tour over there. And it's, some of the coolest things that you've seen, like car cafes, car cruises, stuff you see that people are cruising around on the road. SEMA is insane for like the nighttime cruising over in Vegas. Like the trucks that they have over there, they've got like trucks with bikes on the back of them, people on the bikes, people partying, drinking beers and whatever, in those trucks cruising down, trying to do burnouts at the same time down the main strip. It's the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, there's there's certain laws over there, but there's not a whole lot of them, is there? Oh God, there really isn't. There's a one lowrider that was like popping one wheel up and like cruising around. It looked awesome, but then like halfway through him cruising, 
his battery must have died and you just see him like because we were just walking along and you just see him like come to a stop and then there's like traffic is going and they're like trying to push this low rider while it's up on just weird angles and just push it down the road yeah which which i think is why we've got the um the rules here where you can't really drive it full slam because yeah that's it's a bit of a problem. You can't push a car when the whole chassis is on the ground. Nah. <laughs> but I do like their, their rules, their relaxed rules. Like when you go over there and you see the C10s and the trucks just just dropped on the floor like there's nothing and you just see all the suspension work, all the bags. That was the most interesting thing going over to Vegas and SEMA and seeing all the technology of how they're building the bag systems, all the portable stuff, everything just all the setups, they can just literally go straight into a truck. It's, it's just blows my mind. And the fact that they're like, we were talking to a couple of lads over there. They're like, wow, you can't do that in Australia? We're like, well, no, we can't, we can't do anything over Australia. But not unless we were just like, you know, just cruise it and then not go on the road. Yeah, they think we're insane. Yeah. No, yeah, I know. They don't realise how lucky they are. And I mean, I'd, I'd hate to have as relaxed rules as them because I'd feel a little bit unsafe on the road if some of those cars were driving around. But I, I certainly think that we probably take it to the extreme, especially um, as far as, you know, having to register it by the chassis and not being able to do chassis swaps and things like that. I, I, It just blows my mind why you can't use a newer, safer chassis with your vehicle. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, you think upgrading things and proving why things are safer would be okay, but they're just not. It's really weird. Mm. I'm hoping one day that they'll be a super good car person in government and they're just going to, like, know all these things and go, yep, go for it. That would be nice, that's for sure. So, Rachel, if, if people want to check out your work, you, you've you got a website that you've just recently launched. So The website I've just launched is uh, www.derbscustoms.com and that's pretty much just got just the basic stuff on there, the, the some of the skate decks I've done, some of the bikes I've done, the pro lids, Mike's pro lids. So at the moment... Um, Mike's Pro Lids over in America, uh, they do, they're non-DOT approved, but all the boys over there, they've just custom painted them up and they roll around and do all kinds of crazy stuff and they, they just wear them. That's fine. They just do what they do and they just, and some people just use them as a trophies and whatnot. But yeah, I'm the Australia, Australian import person for those Mike's Pro Lids now. So I've got a couple of uh, good custom orders coming up. So just some, nice funky paint jobs and some custom helmets for a few businesses getting around. So that's nice to have something a little bit different and new over here that I can import from America and I'm the only person bringing them in. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And you do custom artwork. So if someone, you know, is looking to get a piece done and, and maybe they're over your way, they can, they can hit you up. Yeah, definitely. Always taking on, yeah, always taking on new work and trying to do new things with pinstriping and whatnot. I've uh, done a couple of skate decks uh, about a year ago, year or two ago, uh, for the boys, I done them just for myself. And then over in Texas, a couple of the guys that I speak to through Instagram, uh, they brought my skate. One guy brought my skateboard, and I was like, "Cool, all right," because I had um, just had a hot rod and a bobber on there, and just I was going to keep that one. That was my first board I ever did. And then I was like, "Oh, okay." He's like, "So he bought that." I sent that over to Texas, which I was like, "Yeah, cool." My first board I've ever sold, and it was over in Texas. And then I like did another board, which it had a. Uh, c10s two c10s dragging like down drag strip over in california and he's like yep i'll buy that one too i was like oh, i'm gonna have none left for myself i was like all right cool <laughs> and then his mate from over there in texas um that he worked with he's like he's like oh, i heard you do custom decks and i was like yeah i do 
He's like, oh, can you do like a like a 54 custom? That's my favorite car. As long as that 54 custom's on there, um, just add a Vegas theme of some kind. Uh, just do what you want. He goes, I like your style. Just wing it and do what you want. So he ordered that and I did that and that's probably one of my favorite boards I've done and it's full custom Vegas theme roulette theme board and it's got his 54 on there. There's a panel truck on there. That's in before I bought my panel truck and that's just like all ratted out um, and that's in the Vegas, full Vegas theme on that one. But, yeah, so I do custom ones and I do love being able to be creative and just wing it when customers tell me like, oh, look, I like style, just this is the theme, just go with it and nail it. And I, that's my favorite thing to do because that's when creative genius comes in, I guess. Yeah, it's uh, looking at looking at the stuff you've done. It, it comes up really nice. And and so is there a is there an end goal to maybe go out on your own and you know have your own paint shop, or or do you sort of like the security of working for someone and and just playing on the side? Yeah, I like working for a company, especially like when I came over here the first time I come over here to work with Park Automotive and do House of Color. House of Color is like my premium brand that I love more than anything. I love House Colour. Like when you find a brand that you can trust and it's as good as what it says it is, uh, there's nothing better than being involved in something like that. So I feel honoured to be able to work with House Colour and do all that. That's great. But, yeah, when it comes down to it, I still love doing custom stuff too. So if I can do half-half, I can, I can just do that. That's fine. I love doing that. And one day I probably will step back a bit more and just do more custom things because that's my true passion i guess but I, I don't know like i'd love to go over to the states and do custom work with some of the boys over there do some workshops with those um just i don't know if i can travel and do the jobs that i do like when i do judging and stuff interstate with summon ats and motor x and red center ats that's also another passion of mine i love that and i wouldn't give them up for the world i love being able to travel and see people's inspirations, how hard they've worked on things. I don't know, meeting other car people. It's just, I don't know, the, the community of car people is just inspiring and amazing. So I would love to go over to America and see what they do 100% and like go out the community over there, not just go to a show over there and just spend more time going to like the local car shows. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, well, there's nothing stopping you. Yeah. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is, yeah, there is at the moment, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. So, so I mean, what would your advice be to let's let's do this two ways? Firstly, I'd say predominantly we've got guys listening to the podcast, and and I hope that that's going to change, and you know we'll get more ladies involved. But it, if you're you know you're speaking directly now to you know hundreds of guys who are listening to this podcast, and and trucks are their passion, you know. We, we were talking earlier before we started recording about, you know, I've, I've got my wife a little golf and she's starting to do some work on the car. And, um, you know, I, I don't think a lot of guys want their wife taken over their garage, but what, what would your advice be to someone, you know, sort of get your partner a little bit more involved in, in what you're doing? Uh, getting your partner involved in actually coming into the workshop or garage or anything like that is actually probably one of the best things you can do because as, if someone, like you were saying earlier, if someone can understand why you love what you love with cars and bikes or anything like that, your true passion, one, you get to work on them more, which is great. Um, it makes them feel like better, like that they're involved and stuff like that. And then, you know, I can't say anything about taking over a workshop because I'm pretty bad at that. <laughs> yeah, I did just come over here and I just overrun the workshop, especially because I make an absolute mess because I'm a painter. 
So, um, but when it comes down to it, getting getting your partner involved in females and all that, it's just, I don't know, we love it more than anything. So I guess like I learned that at a very young age that like I hung out with all my mates and I learned that from so young and I've got to I've got to enjoy that my whole life and there's nothing better. So I, do, I reckon the more girls that get involved and as I've gone through my whole career in spray painting and I've been doing it since I was 15 and I'm now 33, uh, the amount of girls that I've seen in the trade now has like 10, is 10 times the amount. There's only like me and maybe two others doing it in the whole country that I knew of back then. So, and that's like, well, there's probably obviously more, but like now there's like Facebook pages for girls, um, Instagram ones, like full accounts for them. But at the same thing, same time, it's like with the young guys getting into it now as well. It's exactly the same. There's no different, like getting to do, grow up and do passion gets like, I didn't get to grow up slinging spanners and stuff in the shed because that's not what my dad was about and all that. But as soon as I got to like 15, 16, I could go hang out with my brother and all of his mates. That's where I went to. I just was out all the time doing garage stuff. But I wish, you know, I've got people now that are saying, you know, their their daughters or sons and that, they watch what I do and it inspires them. And I'm like, and they're like, you know, five, six, seven. I was like, that's great. They're starting so early. I wish I'd started doing what I was doing at like five. Imagine how good I'd be now. <laughs> oh, that's just amazing. Yeah. No, that's good. And, you know, I, I know from personally, from my experience with my wife, it's, you know, she, she does want to be involved in the stuff that I'm doing, but if she doesn't understand anything to do with it, then it's just boring. And it's like, I'm speaking Chinese. Whereas, <laughs> you know, the, slightly just, I suppose, teaching her to speak Japanese is what I'm doing. You know, like it's, it's just little things that, you know, she doesn't have to get in there and roll up her sleeves and pull an engine out, you know, on the first day, but just, just for it to be more than just the thing that gets you from A to B, you know, I think that's a huge step. Yeah, definitely. If you can get your hands dirty and like, build something yourself and no matter what it is but especially on cars it just makes you feel so good and then like i don't know it's more empowering if you can do something on your own car fix it and or learn new things like everyone loves learning new things so i don't know i feel like your your wife's gonna absolutely love working on that car that's good and that's her pride and joy now so she's gonna absolutely nail it yeah and i've i've used the the age old method of blackmail to do that. And, you know, like I, I promised to do weeding and gardening and, you know, and, and that's what a relationship's all about. You got to share. Right. So, you know, like, all right, I'll, I'll build you a new veggie patch, but you've got to come and help me do this in the shed. And, you know, it's kind of been really cool, but we make a bit of fun out of it, but she's getting more interested. Well, that's a, that's a good compromise. I don't know <laughs> if you said you come and help me in the garage, I'll do the dishes. I'll be like, mm. <laughs> I don't know. I think I don't know. I don't got the short. I think she's got the better end of the straw on that one. <laughs> she gets to plan the game. So, what's your advice to you know some say say someone who's got a teenage daughter or or some girls that are listening and you know they they kind of want to get involved but they just think it's too many blokes doing blokey things like you know don't be afraid get in there and have a go. Yeah, I grew up when I grew up starting to get into the workshop thing, hanging out with all the blokes that were full blown blokes even more back then like you you could get away with whatever you wanted back then there's a lot more rules now of what you can and cannot do in the workplace most of the stuff back in my day you would not get away with now no matter what we found it hilarious but there's rules and stuff now so 
for getting into the kind of trade now, any automotive or anything, everyone's pretty good these days, as in uh, very, very tolerable and very easy to, easy to approach. No one's going to just shut you down. Uh, the more willingness you show is what they're going to show you more. Because if you're keen to do something, someone's willing to train you. Uh, my main thing I would say is if you're going to rock up and try an apprenticeship, work experience or anything like that, dedication, keenness and everything, nobody wants to train someone that's not interested in what they are doing there because they've gone through the hard yards and done their skill. They, If they're going to pass along their knowledge to someone, they want to know that it's not going to be wasted. So nothing better than seeing someone that's motivated to just do as much as they can and learn as much as they can. Good advice. All right, well, uh, we should probably wrap it up because it's well past my bedtime but uh if people want to if people want to check out your instagram page here at chick underscore derbs d-u-r-b-z and uh as we mentioned as we mentioned the website derbscustoms.com and uh yeah really really great truck i, I love the paint color that you've created and and you know it's it is a really nice looking panel truck that's the word i'm trying to spit out of my mouth but uh I look, I look forward to seeing it finished and, you know, getting around a few shows and, and getting a bit more um, just people seeing it because you put a lot of hard work in and, and you deserve that. So good job for that. Ah, thanks, heaps. I am more than anything just dying to cruise it. And, yeah, once I'm cruising it, I'll try and get some good coastal cruise videos and chuck them up there. And then if anyone, yeah, and if anyone's in local or anything that wants to just come for a cruise, more than happy to just cruise around, jump in, come for a ride. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for your time, Rachel, and good luck with the rest of it. All right. Thanks heaps for having me on. A pleasure. Well, that's the show for this week. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. All information shared in our episodes is general, and you should contact your engineer for advice on your build. Please remember to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and share it with friends and fellow enthusiasts on Facebook, iTunes, or the good old word of mouth. I appreciate hearing feedback, good and bad, so please feel free to shoot me an email, classicpickuppodcast at gmail.com. If you are interested in advertising on the podcast and have a relevant business, please get in touch. And finally, if you have a project you're building, it can be hard to find the time to work on it. Just spend 15 minutes a day, even if you only unbolt one panel or mount one bracket, you'll be amazed at how quickly it all adds up. The music you hear in the background of this podcast is called Hammer On Down by Uncle Bonehead. Until next week, enjoy the ride.